0: If you any time on TikTok, you have definitely seen Kings perform. She had that massive viral video for the Starbucks barista. She was singing her order in the Starbucks. Probably seen it. But she also had a video that went viral prior to that. She was telling me about this dance challenge. I think it was a Blanco Brown song. Anyway, she was dancing on the beach with her friends, and they jumped up, and they landed, and then it turned all into their moms. Pretty Pretty good. <laughs> but... So she's had this amazing success on TikTok, but she's always been a songwriter and a musician. It's all she's ever wanted to do. She started singing and playing piano at a very early age. Her dad's a touring musician, so she has it in her blood. But at a young age, I think she was about I don't know, 15 to 17, she was able to convince her parents that she needs to go to Nashville and write songs. So her parents would drive her between North Carolina and Nashville and take her down to these songwriting sessions. And she started to make a name for herself in Nashville, always writing songs. And then obviously the success of these TikTok videos happened. And then the world goes into quarantine. But with the eyes on her from the TikTok videos, she was able to start really plugging her music. And people obviously loved what she was doing there as well. So she not only had a fan base with her creativity as far as the video making went, but also with her songwriting. She signed a record deal during this whole pandemic. She talked to us about that and her brand new song that she just released called Thank Me Later and the, the story behind that song. You can watch our interview with Kings on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringin' Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're Bringing It Backwards with Kings. Awesome. Yeah. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Oh yeah, of course. I love your TikTok videos by the way.
1: Thank you. <laughs> They're
0: fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely uh yeah, have something there with that the the barista thing going pretty much nuts, right? Right away?
1: Yeah, honestly, that was like my first crazy viral video and my mom and i did it together literally i was like mom can you help me film a tiktok and it was like her video idea and she was like why don't you like sing to a starbucks rista why not you're always there anyway every morning right. so we did it and it went crazy and i was like this is cringy, but
0: people love it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 13-year-old, and I walked in to tell him I was interviewing you, and I was like, oh, do you know who this is? And I sent him the link, and he opens it, and he's like, oh, I already like this back in 2019. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> that's
1: amazing. Oh um,
0: but yeah, anyway, I'm curious to know, you're born and raised in where, North Carolina?
1: Yeah, North Carolina. Right, and- tell me about that. Yeah. So I was actually homeschooled my entire life. I come from a super tiny town that no one's ever heard of in North Carolina. And um, it was me and my two sisters and my parents, and we loved it. I grew up on a lot of land, but around me, besides my family, there wasn't like a ton of music. And so when I was about 15 or 16, I started traveling back and forth from Nashville to North Carolina, just driving with my parents when I was in high school, just being like, can we go every single month? And (laughs) I would write songs with people and work with producers. And it was so much fun. But honestly, like, I love North Carolina. I don't know if I'll settle there, but like, it definitely will always have a piece of my heart.
0: Are you in Nashville now or are you-
1: Yeah. So it's kind of weird. I half live in Nashville and I half live in LA. Um, yeah. Right now I'm in my friend's like brand new apartment in LA. So we <laughs> have like this chair and that's about it in here and a desk. I think we have
0: the <laughs> same chair. <laughs>
1: oh, nice. <I> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I'm just curious. Cause I just moved. It's funny. I moved from my family and I, we just moved from Southern California, from San Diego to Nashville. So.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Honestly, Nashville's like kind of the place to be. I love it.
0: We love it. I mean, the weather's different, but <laughs> it's awesome. We love it here so far.
1: Yeah, for sure. Were you like snowed in in February?
0: <laughs> no, it's funny is we, we, this is how smart we were. We moved here the week like the Monday after everything was snowed in and like the, the windmills were frozen in Texas. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, we'll just leave on the Monday.
1: <laughs> oh my God. That's so smart. I was like, so it surprised. all
0: melted. Like it was crazy. As we were driving, it took five days to get here, you know, with everything. Yeah. And oh, by the time we got here, it was beautiful. So yeah. it, it kind of worked out, but
1: honestly, Nashville weather is just so bipolar. It's right. very unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yesterday was raining. It was so weird. It was like, anyway,
1: I know. Oh my god, it's weird. I love it though.
0: Um. So when did you get into music? Pretty early, correct?
1: Yeah. So honestly, I was always around music. Like with my dad, he um he always did music growing up and he was at a band and he toured and he never pushed me to do music, but I was like always asking him questions, always wanting stories, always wanting the know-how. And then same with like my sisters, they were always singing and dancing and my mom danced as well. So I started performing at like a really early age, I would say like three or four, I don't even remember the first time, but that was through dance. And then I just found my passion for singing when I was probably six years old and the thing is I wouldn't sing for any human I was so embarrassed and my I, I just like watched Hannah Montana all the time and was like yeah that's what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life and I would just like put on concerts in my backyard but no one could come because I was so shy and <laughs> then like later on I would say when I was like eight or nine I started writing songs they were not wow
0: well, that's but that's still I mean
1: yeah I mean, it was so much fun. I just like needed to get my emotions out. And I was like, this is cool. I'm going to do this a lot. And then like when I went into middle school and high school and started actually going through like real problems that Mm -hmm. could create better songs, um, I just kind of stuck with that as my therapy. So yeah, we're still going.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. You said your dad was a musician, a touring musician.
1: Yeah. So he was actually, (laughs) he's going to listen to this and be like, oh my God. But, um, he was in a Led Zeppelin tribute band and he was like the Robert plant, like the lead singer. And so oh, I, man,
0: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> he's so humble, but he has an incredible voice and he's an insane guitar player and he still writes music just like on the side, just for fun and like produces. He's insane. And like, I just, that's always something that we shared and he's helped me so much in this industry. Stay with my mom, but she's mm-hmm. more on like the, the dance side of things.
0: Sure. But to have those advocates in your life, that's huge. I mean, to take you to Nashville, you yeah. know, from New- uh, North Carolina. I'm sure that wasn't an uh, easy drive every no. month or so.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. We went through the mountains and it was it was like this for an hour or two of the drive and it was rough. But it's okay because we got to write a lot of songs. <laughs>
0: That's cool. Has your dad ever helped you work out some of the songs you write or no?
1: Um, Honestly, yeah. We've written a few songs together. He's more into like the, the cinematic world. Like he loves um producing like movie scores like that's like his oh. passion. but I think what we both connect on is like I love like darker pop music and mm-hmm. I feel like with orchestra music and you know movie scores and everything there's like a dark vibe and just oh, dark sure. in general yeah and so like every time I write I'm always or every time he plays me a song I'm like can I use those chords please like can we write this and make it a pop song and I feel like our <laughs> brains are just similar in that way we love kind of like the darker like envisioning a scene as we're like writing. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes
0: sense. No, it totally does. You're, well, you're telling a story.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: When you, how did you start convincing them to take you to Nashville? That's my question.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So I was like 12 and I was like, I don't know if you'll know this but I'm going to be famous <laughs> and I was you're like, right. yeah. yeah, I was like, but I'm not going to for you and you're not going to hear my songs because I'm too embarrassed. But I started posting cover songs and I posted my first cover when I was like 12. I think, I think it was Titanium by Sia and I had braces. Like it was, it was rough, but I think that was the first time that my parents were like, Oh, like she, she can sing. Like we should, we should camp out here and like, you know, let her come to us if she needs anything. And then, other than that, just let her do her thing. And because I was homeschooled, it was so easy to like travel back and forth. But from 15 or from 12 to 15 is when I recorded a few covers, wrote tons of songs, had a lot of growing up to do, you know. And then eventually, I like, I think I was 13 or 14, I played them songs and they like really loved them. And I was so shaky. I was like, oh, my voice is going to sound bad. I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. And they really liked them. And like, to this day, we think back to those songs and like, I'm so happy that I like played them all of my songs and like wanted them to be a part of it because they were so for me and still are. And so, yeah, eventually um, I had a few producers like reach out to me for writing and my parents were like, okay, we should make a trip. And then every month after that, we were like, let's make more trips. (laughs) And then (laughs) it's basically how it went. Um, They love Nashville too. Like, honestly, it's, it's a beautiful place.
0: Sure. Wow. So, I mean, to be that vulnerable, to play your songs, especially your lyrics in front of your parents, that must have been difficult, I would think.
1: Yeah. It was difficult because, like, they had known some of the stuff I was going through and, like, being homeschooled, um, I I don't know what public school life is like, but I definitely had, like, a lot of social outlets, like, at church, at dance, Mm -hmm. and even in homeschool, I still went to school a few days a week. It was just, I went to co-ops. Which was, right. like, other homeschoolers would come together? But um, honestly, like through that, I I kind of went through some bullying, and I think that's what really sparked a lot of my inspiration for music because I didn't know how to handle it, and you know I can only talk so much about it. I was like, I I need to sing. I need to use this, and so I think they had heard that, and then after hearing my songs, were like, okay, she's using this in like a productive way. Like this is super cool. We need to like explore this and. Mm-hmm. I was already had, had it in my head that I was never going to stop writing songs. So I was like, we have to do something about it.
0: Sure. Dude, <laughs> they're like, get on board or I'm going anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. But to have your parents take you out to Nashville, so it was, it sparked, or there was kind of a, you had somebody to go out there too, right? You said the producers right. reached out. It wasn't like you just rolled up in Nashville and were like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like You had a, kind of a purpose in the beginning
1: yeah right away yeah no I mean honestly my parents were not gonna let like little baby kings go meet male like producers writers just alone but honestly like a lot of the people we met I still know I still write with like they're they're amazing and I'm really grateful because it's so crazy I feel like if you know one writer in Nashville you know like 10 and then you know 10 you know like it just everyone knows each other um But, yeah, that's one thing I love about it and, like, the writing world there.
0: Was it hard when you got there to, like, I mean, did you experience, like, ageism at all? Because you were younger and then you're probably writing with older people. Did you ever have that?
1: Um, Honestly, I will say yes, um, a little bit. But in my own head, like, even to this day, I'm like, I always... (sighs) Maybe this just is just like a a toxic thing that women go through in the industry. But I feel like everyone thinks there's like a, a timer or like a stopwatch of like when you need to stop doing music. And when I was younger, I was like, "Oh, I need to like be this successful by the time I'm this age," and like blah blah blah, and like making all these rules for myself because I always felt like people in the music industry are like, "All right, after 28, like women are done," and that is absolutely not the case at all. But like. I kind of felt that I felt that pressure of like, okay, by the time I'm 20 or 22, like I need to have something stable. And so when I was young, I still had that mindset, which is so stupid, but I was still like, all right, I need to capitalize while I'm young and, um, you know, and do my absolute best and be as successful as possible. But really like the other people that I was writing with, I didn't feel like there was, much ageism but i Mm -hmm. i am very grateful for the writers who came in met me when i was 16 or 17 and you know the first few songs we wrote weren't gonna be hit songs weren't gonna be the ones that i released but the fact that they like stayed with me i'm still in touch with them i just wish one of my co-writers who i've known for four years like a happy birthday um like the fact they stayed with me just showed a lot and i was like dang like people in nashville if you find the right people like they're just going to be on your side forever. And so I I honestly am like really blessed to not have experienced as much ageism as I could have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I wasn't sure if like you go into a room and they're going to look at you like, oh, look at this like 16, 17 year old girl. Like, what does Mm -hmm. she know about, you know, any of this? But was it hard to be vulnerable in those situations too? I'd imagine like sharing with people you've never met.
1: Yeah, honestly, in my case, I was like, when I was like, co-writing with writers i was like i just don't want my parents to hear about this boy that i have a huge crush on i was like i'm fine (laughs) talking to strangers but when i go back home and all my friends hear it and my parents hear it i'm like they know who it's about but yeah honestly i feel like co-writes it's kind of like blind dating you don't know what you're going into and you might have a second date but you might not and it's kind of just like trial and error
0: okay What was the first like little victory you had us uh, after getting to Nashville? Like did one of your songs get picked up or like, what would you say?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. I feel like my first little victory in Nashville was, I'm trying to think I had so many like meetings that I was really proud of myself as like a young girl going Mm -hmm. in and like speaking for myself. Um, I had meetings with people who were just like, I don't know, friends of friends. And I was like, okay, well, can you send them my songs and let me know what they think. And then I had a few meetings with them. And I feel like just being able to hold my own um, was like a big milestone for me. And I know that's like a small, small thing, but um, I just really felt like in those moments, like, okay, I can do this. Like I can stand up for myself and my art.
0: We'll be right back with more from Kings, right after this. is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. As a valued member of our Bringing It Backwards community, you've been able to relate and empathize with artists and our own stories of mental health. We've all made a lot of sacrifices during this pandemic and now is the time to take care of you. Don't get discouraged as we all know too well how hard it is to coordinate professional counseling with our two kids. Find someone affordable that we can relate to that can assess our needs before we invest several hours in childcare, driving and waiting in a waiting room to be let down after waiting several weeks or months to be seen. Don't limit yourself to finding counselors in your area. You can find professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. BetterHelp is not self-help. It's not a crisis line. It's confidential, convenient, professional counseling done securely online. Start communicating in less than 48 hours. You'll be able to message your counselor anytime and receive timely, thoughtful responses. BetterHelp is available worldwide. It's secure over video or by phone. So many people have found success with BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling and financial aid is available. Check out their testimonials, which are posted daily on their site. We want you to start living a happier life. As our listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com/backwards. Join us and over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, h e l p.com/backwards. Thank you to BetterHelp for making this episode possible. Now back to the interview. That's huge. Yeah. No, I think that's really huge to be able to have a voice and not just kind of go in there and go, here's my songs. And then just, you know, put your head down. Right. But to say, hey, like, you know, here it is. And to have that personality to go and do that. I think that's, that says something in itself. I think that would be very hard to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. But I'm so grateful. Like, honestly, my parents are, and and my two sisters are like my main support system. And I don't know where I would be without them, honestly. Like they've yeah, they've really um helped me through all of this. Mm-hmm.
0: So the, the TikTok sensation, that thing, so that kind of just happened out of nowhere. You were, al- you were already writing songs, you were already putting up stuff online and in, in different different covers, and that just kind of came out of what left field.
1: Yeah, honestly. I always had this feeling, I literally had the Musical.ly app before it was TikTok. Yeah, from so did
0: my son.
1: Yeah, from the time I was like 14, 15, I had this app, maybe posted one video, wasn't uh-huh. even a the video. And the only reason I got on there was to look at like a few of my friends videos and then get off. I knew nothing about TikTok. And I think my first video that like blew up, I think it has like three or 4 million views was actually a dance video that I did with um, two of my friends and we were at the beach and then all of our moms. And at one part in the dance was like a jump. And when we jumped up and they came down, it was like our moms in our place and they danced.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. it It was the get up challenge, which was huge. And it was so much fun. And when that blew up, I was like, okay, this video is awesome. But like, this probably wouldn't blow up on instagram or youtube like tiktok is very special and really does cater towards creators mm-hmm. um which is awesome and so after that that was like summer 2019 after that i was like all right i just need to push this for music i felt kind of an immense like amount of pressure to like be huge on tiktok before i started releasing music and i wrote two songs in november of 2019 that i wanted to release and literally in december is when my first like huge video popped up and I had no idea that was going to happen like I didn't know that was even possible and I was just so like confused I was like well it's kind of cringe but at least I'm singing in it and it was the Starbucks drive through one
0: okay <laughs> yeah. what how, does your phone just go nuts like I don't even know how to like how that would feel that must have been so bizarre like do you just wake up and it's like your phone's off because it's been getting so many alerts like
1: yeah okay so i actually have like my notifications off and i think i did at the time and i was literally like contemplating with a friend i was like should i post this it's like a sunday night like no one's on their phone i was like i'll just do it and 30 minutes goes by and i look at it and it's at a million and i'm like what
0: oh my gosh
1: (laughs) i was like what have i done And it made its way to Twitter. And there was like a few comedians like tweeting about it, like a YouTuber who was kind of hating on me, but I really looked up to him. He was like tweeting about it. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. What do I do? Like, what do I do? And yeah, like, I don't know. I think the next morning I woke up with 300 K and I I had like a hundred the night before. And I was like, okay, well, I really need to love this. And I just kept singing videos and I was like, I don't know what to do, but I think I just kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I think, I mean, obviously you got to capitalize on it and you did a great job. And if you didn't have the songs to back it up, then people would have just, you know, slowly went away, but obviously that's not the case. Um, so that happened, you said in the summer of 2019, or when did the, the success of the uh, video happen?
1: Starbucks video. I would say that was like the first one that was like, whoa, I'm uh-huh. going to be like doing this for real that was in December 2019
0: so okay. like so right kind of before the whole pandemic hit
1: literally it was so weird I even went to playlist live which is an event in Florida and everyone and their mother was there and then a week later the world shut down and I was like how did that's so weird yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so when that all happened was it like okay now I have a lot of time to really focus on my craft and writing songs and getting this thing going
1: yeah i mean honestly i was writing so many songs at that point because i had just had like a a falling out with the boy that i was dating and i guess covid was the perfect like separation for both of us mm-hmm. um but like i was writing so much music about him and i was like i need to release this and i just kept doing tiktok videos mainly with my mom like she'd run up to me and have me finish a lyric or you know, some type of fun video in like a parking garage and me singing and the acoustics are good. But like, I really couldn't, it it was mainly all at my house, obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a little bit harder to get creative that way. But honestly, I feel like I could really focus on just like my voice and my singing videos. And because TikTok was blowing up exponentially around that time, they were all doing really well. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that I could still work during COVID because it was such like an awful time. Mm Yeah,
0: And you were able to like, you were after the the TikTok Starbucks video, you were like going back right through the drive-thru and like <laughs> playing him like your new singles and stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I was like, I, whenever I go through a drive-thru and I feel like the barista has like insane energy, I'm like, all right can we do a video <laughs> and then i mean sometimes i do plan it i'm like all right we're gonna go to five starbucks today because i want to play them my song if they hate it great and if they love it great but mm-hmm. i just want to get content and i always ask them beforehand of course because they don't sign up for anyone singing or recording tiktoks in the drive-thru right <laughs> but yeah it definitely helps i don't know why people love videos in the car they just do they
0: do they're great <laughs> I love the video you did too. And I, and I'm curious to know if your manager had to buy you Starbucks for life or for a year.
1: Okay. Honestly, he bought them for a week. Um, he bought, he bought like all of those, all of those drinks. And I think I actually, I had a friend who works at Starbucks and got a huge discount. So it actually wasn't as much as people thought. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I got like a little below 10 K pre-save, so he didn't have to do it for a year, but that's, Besides the point. <laughs> so that is
0: besides the point. And that's a still huge 10 K on your song. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, tell me about your, you have thank me later. That's the newest song that just came out.
1: Yeah. So I, I wrote thank me later in January. And honestly, I was like. Of this year. Like, yeah. Of this. Okay. Year. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, about a situation that happened late last year. And this guy that I was like talking to, um, he was like my best friend. And I was like, we probably will end up dating because we were so close. And I actually went to LA for three weeks, and I that was when I signed my record deal and like met so many content creators. And, like it was amazing. And after that three weeks was up, I went back, and um he like had a girlfriend and he was dating someone. And I was like, oof, ouch.
0: ouch, yeah, and,
1: yeah. And I was like, I, I was it, it was really painful for a while because he just totally stopped talking to me, and I was like, I. I understand, but I really don't (laughs) like we're adults here. We don't need to act like this. And I wrote so many songs about him for like the next two months. And in January, I I feel like I was over the painful stage. And I was like, all right, I need to write a sassy song about this new rebound. Not mad at her, not mad at him. I just need to write this. And that's how the song came up. And I was like, okay, I need to drop this ASAP. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you did sign your record deal too. I mean, within the past, during this whole pandemic.
1: Yeah. So I met with, well, honestly, I got in contact with um, Snafu, my record label,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not last May, but May, 2020. So like in the thick of it, okay. basically. <laughs> and it was just like through email and through obviously lots of phone calls. And then I met with them in person in September. Um, and then I we negotiated for, Four months probably. And then in November, we uh signed my record deal and I'm so like happy about it. Like I I love snafu, they're great.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Were you able to sign it in person or was it like a Zoom handshake? <laughs>
1: met, yeah. So I met them in person to celebrate the signing, but it was online. So okay. <laughs> yeah. That was
0: still huge. I mean, tell me about that moment getting the deal. And I'm sure your dad was like beyond stoked.
1: Yeah, it was honestly insane. And it didn't feel real. It's so hard, like, because I wish I could go back and tell my 12 year old self, like, you're really gonna be okay. Like, I promise. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, at, like, all I wanted for the longest time, I was like, I have to get a record deal. And then I have it. And I'm like, I'm so grateful. And I just think it's so interesting how like, I don't know, I, I've worked really hard. And I'm so grateful. But it's also like, it's crazy how like, success at the end of the day doesn't change who you are if anything it brings out your character or brings out you know maybe the bad stuff in you like I don't I don't know I've seen that in a lot of creators how like you know they'll get big and things will happen and I think it, it's important to know like when when I was little I was I was like oh okay so I'm gonna be like a slightly different human when I get a record deal or when I blow up on something or like if this happens. And I think it's interesting, I still feel like that 12 year old girl, Um, but like that was still such like an insane moment for me. And yeah, I'm just like so happy because I love SNAFU and it's been like a great journey so far. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, to your point though, people could change once they choose, you know what I mean? Like you're humble and you didn't because that's (laughs) your personality type, but people could just, you know, all of a sudden, now that they have success or, you know, acting a certain way or.
1: That you know, is very right? true. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people change. And I also think like there's certain things that people don't see that can like spill out when they're success. Like if someone's really insecure um, or really confident or really, you know, like all these different things can like spill out even more because you always have to like be on. Um mm-hmm. And I actually had A writer, Megan Trainor's songwriter, I went to this event and when he, when I was like 15 or 16, he told me, I was like, What's the main thing that changes when success happens? And he was like, Honestly, whatever you are right now, you're going to be 10 times that when you're famous. If you are insecure, you're going to be 10 times insecure. If you're really mean, human, you could be 10 times as mean. But if you're confident, and if you're kind, you know, it could be 10 times that. Like, I just thought it was interesting how he put that because that's never like left my brain.
0: <laughs> that is, that's great advice. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's that is that's, that's really interesting to think about. 10 times, ten, yeah, 10. Because if you're insecure and you're you're famous, now you have 10 times the amount of people or more looking at you, right?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. And like, yeah, and it can get, you know, really hard. It can feel like people are always watching you. And then sometimes it feels like you're irrelevant. Like it's kind of a back and forth thing. And I think it's important to not find your identity in like numbers. And I still struggle with that. But um, I think that's like the most important thing is just like focus on like the art of it. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you have, you said you wrote a ton of songs. I mean, obviously you're always writing. You have Thank (laughs) You Later that just came out. Do you have like a EP of work or you have another record coming out soon? Like what, what's the future lie?
1: Yeah. So right now I would say throughout this, like throughout 2021, I really want to focus on singles mm-hmm. and then potentially dropping an EP next year. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, I'm really focused on singles because it's all of the songs that I've been writing that I'm like, I have to release this. They're so different. And I just want to have like each stage have its moment. Mm -hmm. And like really baby that song and then kind of drift onto the next one.
0: I love that. What about performing in front of, I mean, playing out in front of people? Is that something that you are excited to do? I know the world's kind of opening up a little bit here.
1: Yeah, honestly, all I want to do is like, tour for the rest of my life (laughs) and i know that's like a lot but i love like dancing is still a really huge part of my life and it has been since i was like three and so i would love to like either go on tour or start playing out whenever it's extra safe um we're still on like the early stages of that but like that's definitely something i'm interested in like Mm -hmm. i i love performing it's so fun
0: that's exciting. I mean, and you're obviously a great performer. You do it all the time on your your phone and your TikTok account. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you couldn't sing, you wouldn't be doing it. So
1: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like performing is so hard. Like dancing's hard, singing's hard, doing it together is like, how do you even?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> it's
1: but it's so fun. I just like I I also play piano and like a tiny bit of guitar. But there's something about looking every single human in the eye, if you can, when you're performing. And that's why I love like dancing and just like, like as a collective, if I'm like at a show, I want it to feel like everyone's singing together. There's not like one person singing and then everyone watching. Mm Does that make sense?
0: No, totally. I like that. Make it more of a show instead of just a little intimate (laughs)
1: performance. Yeah. Yeah. I want everyone jumping.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, Kings, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun.
0: I have one more question before I let you go. (laughs) Do you have any advice for aspiring artists?
1: I would say that feeling that I got as a young artist of pushback and perfectionism, like I have to do it right. I have to do it perfect. Get rid of that. Write your songs, create your art and post it and let the world hear it. Because perfect does not mean beautiful you could touch someone's life with an awful situation you went through if you turned it into art and put it out there so yeah don't be afraid to just go for it no one's judging you